0: Uh, this morning, we're still in a series that Jr. has been bringing us about being strong in the Lord. Be strong, then, in Ephesians chapter 5, right? Be strong, and JR's has led us in that the last couple of weeks. I want to begin by saying I'm not a tree expert. I'm no tree expert, but I have dug into some of the expertise of trees this week, and I'm thankful that there's a lot of tree experts that make all their information and their knowledge available online. I am grateful for them and their information and what they share. Uh, why roots? Why trees? I wanted to look specifically at the root system of trees because I wanted to look at and see how trees are nourished what the function of roots are, how important, how critical they are to trees growing and how they feed the tree and what allows a tree to remain healthy. I'm concerned about my neighbor's tree. I don't think he's listening today, although although Bob would probably appreciate it. He and I both have been sharing a concern for his tree that's on the side of our property, because it's held together with two ratchet straps. It's a massive maple, and it has this massive extension out one side, but it's splitting down the middle, and those two ratchet straps are trying to help hold that thing together and extend its life. Root systems are an important part to the health of a tree, but I wanted to do that to compare what Paul's telling the church in Ephesus and the terms, the, use, the words he uses in him saying, I am praying for you. This is what I'm praying for you. You may be like me and not realize just how deep tree roots can grow. As I was reading and digging into it this week, I came across this study that said this, Orion Stahl, a tree researcher in Stockholm, who made an exhaustive study over 500 trees that had root and utility conflicts? He regularly found roots at depths uh, of depths of seven to nine feet, and the deepest root he encountered was at 23 feet. His team found numerous examples of trees reported to be growing roots to over 33 feet in the ground. And one report of a tree that grew roots to a depth of 174 feet into the ground. Apparently roots of trees can grow as long as possible. As long as the conditions are right. As long as there's water and oxygen and good soil compaction. Good soil condition. And one of the Number one limiting factors even Jesus refers to in a parable is about about hard soil and soil compaction and the condition of soil. Scripture calls us to be rooted. Paul's calling us to be rooted in the love of Christ. We're going to look at rootedness in Ephesians chapter 3. You can turn there. This morning, Ephesians chapter 3. And Paul's desire is that we would understand that we would experience a togetherness. That we would experience Christ's love and be filled to the fullness of God's love. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray out of the glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together With all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. We're going to be coming back to that. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How many of you would agree with me? Those are great things for someone to be praying over you. Those are great things for us to be praying for others. And I wonder if Paul sometimes in his prayers isn't just naming like he does in some of his letters, naming the White family and the Osborne family and praying the fullness of Christ into them, praying that there would be a togetherness with the voids, right? And with the fruits that in the togetherness they would experience the power and the fullness of God's love for them. Paul says we must be rooted and established in love. That word rooted is a botanical term. for, And that's how trees are strengthened and remain upright. It's important for them to be rooted. And I'm going to talk in a moment about different kinds of rooting. And how that applies to our Christian walk And God's love in our life. But he also says with that word rooted. Established. Which is an architectural term. And it means the foundation. Upon which something else is built. All the construction around town. The last several years. And in our valley. The homes. The big buildings downtown. The great northern town center. Over the last 20 plus years. That that has gone up. They start. With the foundation. And the foundation itself is poured, and it has to be right for the rest of the building to go up. The foundation isn't something that's widely seen by all the rest of us. It's not the part of the architecture that's admired the most, but it's essential. We need to be rooted, we need to go deep and be strong enough to build the structure of our lives upon the love of Jesus Christ and the fullness of his love for us. Paul desires that together, with the church, together, with all the Lord's holy people, that's only the church, that together we grasp how wide, not just you on your own, in your own alone time on a mountain, how deep, how wide, how long? What's the height? What's the depth of God's love, but that we need to grow together? Spiritual growth is not meant to be just our own personal relationship with Christ. There's a togetherness to it. A common question people ask, or something they say themselves even is, do I need church? Do I need church? I suppose what some of them are saying is, do I need church to be saved? Can I just know and experience the love of Christ? Do I need to be a part of a community of believers in order to go to heaven? I suppose that's what some of them are asking and wondering. But others are genuinely asking, do I need the church, period? Particularly after ex- poor experiences. After the church hasn't met their own expectations, there's a question in our heart. Do I, do I really need the church? I need Jesus, but do I need the church? Paul has some things to say about that. The message of Ephesians is knowing the unknowable love of God. It sounds totally contradictory, I get it. The message of the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians is that we need to know the unknowable love of Christ. Paul stating clearly that I absolutely do need the church, to know the unknowable love of Christ. What do I mean by that? The unknowable love of Christ. What is love in this version? The NIV says, is a love that surpasses knowledge. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. The New Living Translation puts it this way. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. What could that mean? May you understand. It is God's desire that we would understand and know the love of Christ. It's saying to the fullness of God. So is it understandable or is it not? It's the kind of knowing that some things have to be experienced to know. God's love is like that. The isolated Christian, let's call them, can absolutely know something of God's love for them. However, the isolated Christian that I'm calling them can only know so much and they're limited by the they're limited in knowing the measure of God's love for them by the limit of their experience with God and with others, with the church. And that's why Paul masterfully inserts the word together with all the Lord's holy people, together with the church. When you are single, you understand love as love between family and friends. When you fall in love, You experience another dimension of love that was unknown to you, though maybe somebody's explained it to you. Though maybe someone's shared their story to you and it's touched you and it's moved you and it's something you've desired. You can't know that kind of love without experiencing it with someone else. And when I became a parent, when that little baby Adela, that little girl was in my arms. You parents out there, you know that first experience, expansion of love in your heart. You felt them kick, you felt them move, and now they're in your arms. And love has left its mark in you and on you. But it has to be experienced. Daddy boot camp was great. It helped me, it helped prepare me. But I couldn't know the expansion of that love from Daddy Boot Camp. I had to experience it with someone else. When you're a grandparent, you experience a whole nother dimension of love. I'm not a grandparent like J.R. and Jannie, watching them Friday night as we gathered as couples and watching them dote and care for little Emerson and the love that's in J.R. and Janie's heart for that little person. I can study it, I can watch it, but I can't know it. Until one day, one day, I will experience it. Soon enough. Not too soon. But some things have to be experienced. That's the kind of knowing. To know fully, when you become a grandparent, you understand what all the lingo the grandparents have been talking about. Not because of what they said, but because of what you experienced. And it's likewise for us Christ followers. You can know something of God's love alone, but you're limited in the fullness of experiencing God's love if you just stop there. We do this. We do church. We gather together with other people who believe that Jesus Christ really did die and give his life that I would be set free. We gather together because we believe that Jesus really did raise from the grave that I would be indeed set free, that you indeed would be set free. And we gather together and we sit next to people like myself who's imperfect, who daily does things that are wrong, That that is daily, has accusations thrown against them that separates them from a relationship with Jesus Christ. But Jesus gave his life. And he raised from the dead that I would be set free. We come together and worship here. We do this together because we believe he's coming again. We believe that all ten commandments are important. And that we are on mission that we, like Jesus and like the disciples, share in a mission to make disciples. And we believe that we're going to build community and live the mission right here in Helena and other parts of the earth. It's the ideal reality. We come together to worship God as a collective body and sit next to imperfect people we have a desire to serve and to learn and to grow and to go. But we also grow when we encounter difficulty and struggle and difficult situations that give opportunity to difficult conversations. Those are times that we grow as well. Not just in worship service. Not just in hearing a message. Not just in corporate, gathered together, prayer meetings, or elder meetings, we also have opportunity to grow in difficulty. I ask myself, where else could we learn life's lessons if not in a safe environment, where we are here to encourage and support one another? I believe the church is to be the training ground for our real life, lived outside of here. In a way, this is like a greenhouse, maybe. Marv has started his sprouts, and they've come on a little faster and a little bit more successful than they have in the years past. He notified me this morning, you might be getting peppers sooner than you're used to. (laughs) Heads up. What if this environment was so safe there was so much encouragement and comfort and tolerance and a commitment beyond the stress of unmet expectations, difficult conversations that it were still safe and valued to grow. But a problem is that we do have the expectation of perfection. We expect the church to be perfect. We expect church leaders to be perfect and to have the answers that we don't have. And maybe it's okay for me to say things that aren't necessarily right or kosher, but not the church. They can't say things like that, even from here. And too often, people decide to turn those into reasons for division. Division. And reasons to leave, and reasons not to connect, and reasons not to go further into a deeper conversation that stimulates growth, that stimulates development. And they forsake the growing opportunity and forsake the going opportunity. Doesn't matter whether we believe it or not, Paul's saying some things here that he absolutely does believe. He's saying this kind of love, this godly kind of love, this biblical kind of love, this kind of love that's supposed to be experienced together in the church surpasses knowledge. Can't be taught, can't be explained, has to be experienced. In my own life, I've often wondered, how else can a person from an abusive background learn to love God, and to love other people? My own answer is only because of this kind of love, because of a godly kind of love that's expressed through people, that's lived and experienced with people of safety, people of encouragement, of strength. And when I say something Stupid or something that doesn't make sense, they continue to love me and to believe in me. When they see my weaknesses, they choose to not run away but to draw closer, to strengthen and to come alongside and to show a godly kind of love that's committed, that's in covenant, that's worth experiencing. It's a biblical kind of love that's together. You've probably already heard this, but bear with me because it's worth reminding ourselves. In my research, I found redwood, this little reading here, redwood trees have shallow root systems that extend over 100 feet outwards from the base. Intertwining with the roots of other redwoods, they like to live next to each other as families and intertwine their roots With each other, one might think that a 350 feet tall tree would need deep roots, but that's not the case at all with the redwoods. Redwoods are able to reach such great heights in part due to the tight tree groupings called tree families. The roots may only go down 5 to 15 feet, but they branch outward to find their buddies. They interlock roots in this group which allows for much more stability as well as nutrient exchange one to another. Spiritual maturity comes from alone time with God. Spiritual maturity comes from your time spent with God that's like a deepening of your roots In God, a deepening of your roots spent in the scriptures, spent in the word, and spent in prayer. Christ like maturity also comes along with time spent with others, spreading out our roots with people in ministry and in serving together. Many Christians have deep roots that go deep, they connect well with God, they don't branch out well with others. They don't, they're unwilling to interlock and share their lives with buddies, with lifelong friends, to submit themselves in deep relationship and experience intimacy with others. And by the lessons of the tree, it, Weakens their stability and is an inability for them to be fed like God wants them to be fed. On the other hand, many other Christ followers or Christians may have roots that extend all around, but they're shallow on spending time with God. They connect well with others, but they're not deeply rooted in God's Word, in experienced relationship with God Himself. In our Christian walk, in our walk with God, the trees are meant to teach us both lessons. We're not to be one or the other. That's not the fullness of God's love. Deep roots and extended roots. Maybe you're wondering how, what does this look like? Can you bear with me and let me share this with you? We are stronger when we spend time with God. We are stronger when we have the same hope, the same Lord, the same faith. We're stronger when we love each other, even when we disagree. We're stronger when we're weak, for God is our strength and he's glorified. We're stronger when we worship together. We're stronger when we sing and pray together. We're stronger when we eat together. We're stronger together when we live the mission together. We're stronger together when we go out to the community to share the love of Christ. We're stronger together when we go out and help those who are in need. We're stronger together when we work together. We're stronger together when we serve together. We're stronger together when we keep in touch, when we visit the sick, encourage the discouraged, when we open our hearts and our homes. We're stronger together when we reach out to build community. Together at MHCC, at Mount Helena, we believe in building community together and living together the mission of Jesus Christ together. That's Paul's prayer. That's what Paul's praying. His desire is that you and I would be rooted and established not just in his love, not just in the love of friends and belonging and connectivity with one another, but all of us stronger together. I love the motto from the Global Leadership Summit the last number of years, everyone wins when a a leader gets better. But likewise, everyone experiences God's love when one of us experiences God's love and our love together with us. It's a win for all of us. Paul wants us to be rooted and established in love to God and to one another so that that we may grow and go. One, to know who God is. Two, to grow in his likeness together. And three, to go make disciples together. I want to close this morning by sharing with you something I'm very excited about. And that's our Go edition of small groups happening this spring. Beginning on Sign Up Sunday, April 3rd, we're going to be launching this edition of our small groups in addition to what we're currently offering in small groups. This is going to be another avenue, another offering, another opportunity in addition to the various levels of groups that we already offer the levels one, two, three, four, groups. Like Victoria Sparks Lowry's Mommy and Me group. Mommies and their young kids are getting together and experiencing connectivity and relationship and encouragement and strength with one another in her living room. I love it. I love it. Groups like the Bible studies we currently have going. And the opportunity to join ministry teams here at Mount Helena. We're going to continue to offer those groups, but we're also going to offer small groups who are gathering for the purpose to go. There are small groups we're asking, asking you to join for a minimum of just four weeks. We're asking that each group, over the course of seven weeks, between April 3rd and even Memorial Day weekend, before summer kickoff, if you will, we're asking that you would gather four times in the first week to connect. And I hope that you actually meet other people here at Mount Helena. Maybe some of you first service people could meet some of the second service people that way. Right? In the first week that you would connect and that you, with one another and that you'd begin to throw out ideas. What can we do to go? Where are we going? Where does God want us to serve together? In the second week that you would put together a plan, you'd plan something together and in the third week you'd go and do it. And what in the fourth week then? That you'd come back together and celebrate and share, maybe even with another group. We'll be going as small groups out into our Helena community to connect, to serve, to give, to love, to help other individuals families, or organizations. It might include a local school, a charity, cleaning at God's love, homeless shelter, building with Habitat for Humanity, repairing a car to give it away to somebody, helping an elderly neighbor with spring cleanup. Maybe maybe you're Group will hold a garage sale of all your own donated items to give the proceeds away to a widow or to a single parent who's in need, who could use the money from a garage sale and has no energy or time to organize one and put it together. We want to connect together, we want to plan and go and celebrate together in these go groups. What will make this happen? We need participants and we need leaders. It's my hope, it's my desire that every single person at Mount Helena is in a small group in this spring. It couldn't be easier in the terms of time to come together in just four, over four weeks, over the course of seven or eight weeks, to meet other people, to go do something and share something together to experience it together. Maybe you've never been in a group before. This is a superb opportunity for you to join a group. And we need leaders in order for this to happen. We need leaders. For, in order for everybody, if everybody took us up on it, to be a part this spring, to go out into the community and be a part, then we need more leaders than we're used to having. At any given point, we've had 19 or 20 in one season, even more than that, small groups. But I'm really hoping that we need even more leaders than that. Maybe you've never led a group at Mount Helena Community Church. I also want to say, I hope that it's never been easier. If you can gather people together, if you can help host them and ask questions and facilitate, you don't have to do all the planning. You don't have to do, check into all the information and all the coordinating that needs to happen. You need to help share the responsibility in the group. Give people opportunity to come together and to go together. Leader ap- applications or sign-ups uh, are going to be due in, in three Sundays from now, March 20th. If, if you'd at all consider it, please check out our website, Check out the information that we have there and coming out this week. We'll have a flyer available next week with more information and details uh, at the Welcome Center. You can pick that up. Please consider leading. And if not leading, consider participating in a small group this spring. I'd love there to be such great stories that it would necessitate us coming back together and sharing the great opportunities, the great things God's done in us through small groups this spring. As we dismiss, I want to remind you of just a couple of things. If you're a guest this morning... I want to remind you, you're invited to join JR, our senior leader, and uh, some of our staff and elders in there for link. Uh, That'll be starting right after service. Two, if you have kids in the back in Children's Church, please be quick uh, to pick them up after service. And our prayer team will also be available here to the side uh, of the stage if there's something that you would like to pray about. Maybe it's praying about whether you should lead or participate in a small group. The prayer team's happy to pray with you. Thank you for joining us and being with us this morning. Thank you so much. God bless you and have a great week.